You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And then if you do do it in Regina, then I have something to say about it, too. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> you're, you're the other person you're married to. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I do want to acknowledge and show my support for NBA players who walked off the court. It started started with the Milwaukee mm-hmm. Bucks, and then the rest of the league followed suit. Major League Baseball postponed games, all to shine mm-hmm. the spotlight on racial injustice in the United States as uh, the NHL uh, <laughs> did a little <laughs> acknowledgement, and that was it. <laughs> Are we surprised? The NHL is never going to be proactive. Let's let's call let, let's call it what it is. They know where they stand in the spectrum of of professional sports in the United States. They're behind the NBA, behind baseball, behind NFL and college football. Hell, they're behind high school football in some states when it comes to to sports. <laughs> uh, they're never going to put themselves behind the eight ball. They had a chance to be the only thing going on TV, other than you know some baseball games, and they took full advantage of it. And it does not surprise me when it comes to a group full of rich white owners. There, I said it. Uh, speaking of hockey, <laughs> I, di- I did want to mention, I mean, <laughs> I've been waiting for the chance to win a few million dollars here. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. It is... Haven't we all? <laughs> Do you have a ticket for this Oilers thing? We have 800. Are you serious? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Who would I've been th- stuck in camp this entire time. Like yeah. that one point eight million dollars in my pocket <laughs> would go a long way to getting me the hell out of here. Who would have thought that the Oilers fifty fifty would have been in the playoffs longer than the Oilers and the Flames? <laughs> I, I swear to God Peter Shirelli's running it. <laughs> like you look at how he man you look at how he manages the salary cap, why would this be any different? Why couldn't the CFL run a fake 50-50 and just pocket it? <laughs> because they're not me. <laughs> okay. Okay. They're a reputable business. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are our own little corner of the internet. And I know we have our own little platform that registers a, a negative nine on the uh, Richter scale. But uh, well done, to the NBA and uh, Major League Baseball for sort of getting out of the way so the uh, actual uh, message Mm -hmm. and important issues in the world can be discussed because sports is not, contrary to popular popular belief, Ty, the most important thing in the world. Oh, yeah, don't tell that to some people. Okay, let's... uh, That's not a fight you want to start with some, I'm sure. (laughs) Let's just leave it at that. In the Huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out Podcast. 
I, I do want to uh, uh, extend our condolences, uh, first of all, to the family of Tommy Joe Coffey, a CFL legend, uh, member of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, went in in 1977. He was a seven-time All-Star, uh, spent time with the Eskimos first, and then the Tiger Cats, even had a little stint with the Argos, but he was a finalist for the CFL's Most most Outstanding Player Award three times. He won two Grey Cups. And as a uh, wide receiver slash kicker, it's... Uh, the ever-popular yeah. <laughs> ratio-busting combo of a wide receiver and kicker. It's that generation that we're slowly losing mm -hmm. here, and it's amazing to look back and... Uh, the accomplishments and the pioneers of the Canadian Football League and what they done and how this league got its start. But either way, uh, our condolences to the family of Tommy Joe Coffey. I always see uh, his name. It's one of those legendary names in CFL history. It's pretty hard to, uh, to not know that name as a uh, diehard CFL fan. And, you know, on the Edmonton Eskimos, or I get right, not not Eskimos anymore. Shouldn't have said it, but well, uh, back Wall then it was <laughs> in Commonwealth as well. Well, Ron McLean slipped up last night. I get one too. Uh, <laughs> he's a Wall of Honor member. Yeah, and like you said, two-time Great Cup champion. Uh, he also played defense in his first two years. He had three picks in 1959 and one in 1960. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so you know he's one of those guys that literally did it all until he got ousted from kicking after hitting. Uh, you know, uh, Paul McCallum type numbers of 11 of 27 in 1971. <laughs> Paul McCallum. Do I have to read you his BC Lions stats late in his career? <laughs> <laughs> no, because we watched them beat the Riders in the playoffs. <laughs> they turned the fans on on one side of the stadium. <laughs> Blew the ball back into the uprights. Yep. Yep. He was also the first wide receiver in CFL to amass 10,000 yards, if I'm not mistaken. Oh! I think, I'm pretty sure that I saw that today, too. So, so now we're having like a year and a half long off season. Uh, maybe Ty can mm -hmm. uh, get to work on uh, the CFL stats from the late 50s. What is wrong with you? <laughs> get to work, man. <laughs> I got to work on my hockey draft prep for the upcoming season that's going to start in December. <laughs> let's let's kind of go back to where we left off the last episode because there was a little bit of positivity in the air. Mm -hmm. There was a little bit of hope. Well, on your side of the phone, yes. Yeah, I, I had hope that things would get done and then basically three days after mm -hmm. that came out, the news came out that uh, the federal government denied the CFL the $30 million that uh, they were asking for, basically demanding, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, <laughs> it came the very next morning that the CFL was not going to Winnipeg. They were not doing a hub city. They were not going to be playing any games at all this season. Now... If I recorded later that day or the day after, I probably wouldn't be as 
calm <laughs> as uh, as I am right now. Uh, I, I would have had to have been the voice of reason, which is scary. Either way, the blame game was not going to get anywhere. Pointing the finger in every direction mm-hmm. was not going to figure things out. And now that it's over and now that we're about a week and a half out from that news, uh, how are you feeling about how this all went down? Um, I came to grips with it when we didn't have week one. I I never thought we were going to get anything without government aid, and I really didn't think they were ever going to get it. So for me, it did not come as a surprise. I had already kind of written the year off. Uh, you can call me pessimistic or whatever. I'm just a realist. Uh, I didn't think from the start that a bubble system would work without fa- if you can't have fans. Uh, you know, the teams are going to be hemorrhaging money uh, if they're going to play because there's a lot of people involved, a lot of people, and all those people have to get paid to get this thing off the ground. And without the fans, you're not, you can't do it. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's just better to scrap the year, save what money you can, and come back next year if you can have fans at some point. Uh, to blame it, like you said, to play the blame game and point fingers, uh, you know, people are going to bitch and moan about Ambrosi. He's doing what the owners wanted. He's just the face. It's it's not like he has an agenda going in to to that stuff kind of thing. Like he, he does, I'm sure, but when push comes to shove, it's up to the owners what Ambrosi does. So I, when I see you know Gary Bettman get booed, it's just people booing for the sake of booing. They obviously don't get it. Uh, you know, and it, to be fair, when when Ambrosi first started, we it was a breath of fresh breath of fresh air compared to Orage before, uh, and you can see that the public has kind of soured on him, which I understand. But I mean, if you're gonna be mad at anybody, be mad at the owners first. And you can open the books on this league, and and from the get go, the financials don't work. Right, yeah. Like you have, you have half the league that makes money, the other half hemorrhages. So, you know, you, you rely on the teams that do make money to kind of help prop up the other teams and and stuff like that. But you know, when it comes down to it, you want an interest-free loan because that's the only way you can do it. Because the government knows that with interest, it'll, they'll never get their money back. And even without, I think it was a long shot. So I was never surprised, and I'm, I'm totally okay with it. And if if it's in the, they could play, they could play the bubble season, play their six or seven or eight games or whatever they wanted to do, and then possibly not have football next year because they'd be so crushed financially from trying to put on a shortened season in a bubble with no fans and having to pay all that money. Do you think maybe so, the the focus was in the wrong place the whole time, just waiting on the federal government to give them money? Uh, I, I never thought that the federal government would. So, I, I mean, for me, yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, I said when baseball started, it was only going to last three weeks, and they've made a mess of things, don't get me wrong, but they're still playing. I don't think the Canadian government would have let the CFL fly to each individual city and play games. And then again, you're not having fans, so you're just losing money. I, I don't know the focus 
could have been from the start, or in my opinion, should have been from the start. You know, let's just forget this year. Maybe, you know, I, I don't think you could do it in the winter, like, you know, in the new year. I think you'd have to wait and just focus everything on 2021 and, you know, let players go and pursue their opportunities down south if they're available. But I think from the start, it should have been a focus on 2021 and scrapping this year. There was just a lot of balls dropped in this process. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they could have done. I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I, I have the answer no. to to get. We or, we are far from yeah. successful businessmen. Let's let's get that. Yeah, first and foremost, what they could have done to get a season in. Uh, I know what I think, and it it almost seems like some of the 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 owners in the league kind of use their team to hide some of their assets to mm-hmm. avoid taxes. <laughs> and I know that's a conspiracy theory and they did not want to lose money. And I can, I get it not wanting to lose more money uh, than they they are already. I, I can understand that, but it, it to me it looked like they were just waiting for an answer from the federal government, and then the ball got fumbled. The very yeah. first presentation that Mr. Ambrosi oh made to the government, when there was no communication with the players mm-hmm. at all, Mm-hmm. That was almost like the beginning of the end. That that was such a yeah. poor performance, not prepared, and it just looked bad. And, and you call it the beginning of the end. It was like a Tarantino movie because that was the first thing that happened, but it was the end. Yeah, yeah, that's true, right? Like, I mean, it, the writing was kind of on the wall after that because they had no answers. And like you said, no communication with the players. It was just, I think it was doomed from the start. And I, I, I understand, uh, you know, fans wanting to see games and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, do you want to see games for one year or possibly, you know, be able to, for this league to survive for another 105 years? So it's six of one, half a dozen the other. I get it. But, you know... With with a forty six man game roster, you're you got to have your practice roster. Probably going to have a taxi squad just in case somebody does get COVID. You're going to have to replace them. Now you got to quarantine. You got to contact trade. Like the the traveling groups of these teams would be so massive. Then you have your support staff. I just don't see how it logistically and fiscally makes any sense to play when you're not going to be making any money. Other than a TV deal, which is basically forced down your throat because there's only there's no competition for it, so TSN can pretty much just pay whatever they want. I know they they don't, but you know what I mean. It's not like there's competition for it. So, to me, it made zero sense to play with no fans, especially in this league. The NFL is going to get away with it. MLB will get away with it. The NHL getting away with it because they're going to be able to recoup on on TV deals and, and advertising. But at the CFL just made no sense to me. But that's why I think it was a waste of time to just deal with the government and just... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know why, and again, this is just an idea, and I, I'm not a smart guy at all. Why couldn't the league sit down with MLSE, 
who could fund this league for the next 100 years off of the back of the Leafs alone. What? Well, look look at look at the Jays payroll. Yeah. <laughs> this it, it's a rounding error to Rodgers. Yeah. So why why Wait, couldn't imagine, they Imagine MLSC with the Leafs and the Raptors. Well, yeah. Couldn't they sit down with them and I realize there's the TSN deal. Couldn't couldn't you sit down with those three entities and figure something out just for these circumstances and these days. I, I, I just think that the ratings and there was an opportunity missed to not have a nine game season here, Labor Day to the end of November. And I just feel like there was no creativity, just a lot of stubbornness and, demands and expectations from the government that were never going to come. So why why wasn't there more ideas to try and make something happen? mm -hmm. And I, I, the only thing I can think of is with MLSE owning a team, a little bit of conflict of interest, but I mean, David Braley owned two teams in this league. So I mean, probably wouldn't be an issue because i think that the um, hub city idea also, we also don't know if that was this if maybe that was discussed at some point we don't know it could have been yeah and i i just but think that the, if it took us a month to figure it out i'm sure they came up with it in a day that the the hub city idea in winnipeg i think was the least of the worries um other than the the, the only issue would be talking to the governments deciding you know for quarantine and players and everything and testing is its whole is a whole nother thing. I mean, the NHL basically prints money in Canada, right? So they for them to have it and do other testing is fine. But when it comes to see if like, they, you're taking resources away, but I mean, uh, the province of Manitoba but, and even Wade Miller of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers put mm-hmm. in their homework. They put in a good proposal, yep. and a good plan to make it oh, happen. Yeah. As long as the gov- as long as the government would have been okay with. With players coming, quarantining, doing what they needed to do, you know, and having a a contingency plan for if that player does end up catching it and they do a bubble. But I mean, hockey hasn't had any positive tests since they've entered the bubble. I don't don't know about the NBA except for the one guy sneaking out for chicken wings um, <laughs> and sneaking girls into there too. <laughs> hey man, a rookie for the Seattle Seahawks tried to sneak in an Instagram model in a training camp. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, it, no. Uh, <laughs> like, it, it makes sense logistically and everything. And, you know, you get the okay from the government. You figure out, you make a plan, you follow it. Just fiscally, to me, it doesn't. But, like, you, you mentioned with the MLSC thing, maybe they could have propped it up for a year if they wanted to. Uh, I, I don't know. It. I right To me right now, it's, it's just a lot of wasted energy even thinking about it. I think it's just... You know, it is what it is now. And how many times have we said that? 2020, it just is what it is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they have to they have to have a plan for 2021. And they need to start working on it now. Start talking to the players that are still here that haven't been released yet. And, and with the PA, figure out a plan. If we can play, this is how we can do it. This is where we will do it. You know, maybe by that time we have, I'm not saying we don't have a good good handle on it but we have a better handle on it than a lot of countries do but maybe our case rate drops even more and you know maybe we can start you know 25 30 percent capacity and start getting some gate 
and, and maybe we can't, but there has to be a plan. You have to get something concrete or start forming something concrete now. You can't wait until May again and, and just sit there with your thumb up your ass and not come up with anything for another three months and just waiting and waiting and waiting because you put all your eggs in one basket. you got to have a plan. Yeah, that's the worry, and that sums it up. All the eggs yeah. were in money from the f- federal government, every right. single one. Which I, which I understand. I know, I know. I, I get it, but they had no plan B. They had no other, and they wait, and they waited too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The creativity and all of the options and the ideas, yeah. and maybe this stuff is discussed behind the scenes, and. Uh, we don't know, but part of the reason I had hope was that it seemed like the players in the league were getting somewhere with the CBA. Because at one point, mm-hmm. I thought that that was going to be the biggest hurdle to getting things done. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that is a hurdle for 2021. Before we start to really dive into 2021, it should mention that it looked like the players, uh, the the, the association sent out a memo that uh, players under contract would receive Canadian emergency wage subsidy retroactive to July and continuing to December mm-hmm. or longer if the program is extended. And uh, I'm glad that they were able to figure that out um, because... <laughs> these guys have not seen money since last November and yeah. and and training camp is still 9 months away if we have one yeah Th- that's that's rough i find it interesting that that came out right after they canceled the season it was actually mm-hmm. the the very next day so I- i'm happy to see that and then also news that week <laughs> that uh, the league would allow uh, players to opt out of their contract and go try mm-hmm. the NFL or whatever was going to happen. So we have seen a number of players already opt out. A lot of guys were that have opted out so far were guys that were probably going to be fighting for jobs in training camp. At the the Riders punting game just got a hell of a lot better. <laughs> John Ryan is out. Brett Lowther is also out. We've seen some CFL 2.0 players um, mm-hmm. take a release as well. Calgary's Nate Hawley has finally gotten his release, and that's sort of been a discussion point since after the Grey Cup yeah. uh, with the Stampeders not allowing him to go. Uh, the Riders... Uh, let go Dion Lacey. He was only w- with the team for a short time last year. Uh, offensive lineman Dakota Shepley. Winton McManus uh, from the Stampeders mm-hmm. is going to go give it a shot. McLeod Bethel-Thompson from the Argos is uh, going to go give it a shot. And the, He'll be back. The one that makes me sad is Kenny the King Lawler of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is going... Like- to give the NFL a shot. So what do we do now? Where do we go from here? I don't know. I mean, he wasn't going to be playing it for Winnipeg anyway. No, that's fair. So if I I say we start with a bi-weekly Kenny, the King Lawler update, um, done. So if he gets on camp with the team or makes a practice roster, we will keep you updated on the King's court. I do listen. 
to a oh can we call it king's court yes and we should actually start a feature and maybe he would probably trademark that come on the show and uh talk to us every two weeks and we should talk to him every two weeks until there's cfl football doctor he would be so done with us it's not even funny (laughs) oh man like i think my mom loves it when i go on the road since she doesn't have to cook for three Just let's cook for her and dad. That's kidding. It's uh, three and a half. <laughs> Whoa, hey, hey. That's fair. So Kenny the King Lawler giving the NFL a shot, and uh, if he signs with the team, I will. Uh, we will let you know. I will get a jersey. Uh, oh, 100%. Unless it's. As long as it's not the Ravens, the Browns, or the Bengals. <laughs> Uh, this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by ATB. Uh, today, I want to let you know about ATB's new podcast called The Future Of. Join Todd Hirsch, ATB's vice president and chief economist, as he connects with special guests who offer unique and useful perspectives about the future. Explore how our economy and communities can not only brace for change, but embrace the opportunity it creates. From the future of women in business to the changing nature of work itself, the future of helps us understand what's coming and what we need to do today to get the tomorrow we want. Featuring two episodes each month plus bonus episodes the future of includes interviews with top community and business leaders from alberta and around the world subscribe to the future of in the apple store google play spotify and everywhere podcasts are found and connect to ask your questions about the future by emailing the future of at atb.com okay speaking of the future ty uh what do you want Mm -hmm to see the CFL work on as we head into 2021. Ooh. And I know this probably could be an entire episode. This is a loaded question. It is. It is. It's a loaded question. Andre Pruel needs to ref more games. (laughs) That's your solution. uh, There, I said it. To selling more tickets and uh, Mm -hmm. getting in front of more fans is to having... uh, the greatest ref of all time, ref Hands Morgan. down. Hands down. <laughs> greatest referee of all time. <laughs> better, th- better than Mills Lane. <laughs> That's big better, words. Hey, he, he's better than uh, go have another donut, Koharski. <laughs> we need a Mount Rushmore of referees. Oh, I can come up with that in about two seconds. Because Andre's on it. Andre. Okay. Uh, the Roid Monkey from the NFL. <laughs> Ed Hockley. Ed Hockley, yeah. <laughs> uh, Wes McCauley. Okay. And Cowboy Joe West. Wow. That's a controversial Mount Rushmore. <laughs> okay, no, let's go let's go John Hirschbeck. I mean he gets spit in the spit in the eye. From Roberto Alomar and does it knock him out? I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I think that we see an entirely new league next year. Or I think we have to see a new league next year. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of work that has to be done. Oh, yeah. And it's from the top down. We've already seen yeah. 
some good people lose their jobs in the league office, whether they're writing for CFL.ca mm-hmm. or working behind the scenes. It's been said that there are a lot of bloated salaries in the league, maybe some positions that uh, need to be streamlined, and that's, yep. I guess, business. And to be uh, profitable and, and- going forward, mm-hmm. man, I, I work in an industry where this happens all the time. I wonder if we're going to be seeing that in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Well, and to me, you know, somebody working in the league office should not be like you have guys making the league minimum having to get a second job. Right. Uh, you know, people working in, in the head office of the CFL, I don't think they should have a second job because it, it is, it is a business to run and, and, you know, you need all this stuff, but you know, the salaries don't need to be what they are probably. I mean, that is one, one thing to look at to say money. I don't know what the salaries are for some of the people, but I mean, there's no reason why, you know, a, a rollback even, and maybe they don't need to be permanent, but I mean rollbacks are always an option too. We saw it in the NHL when they brought the salary cap in; everybody's salaries got rolled back, and it was to save, save face or not save face, but to like to save the league financially because it was getting out of hand. And that was the players. So maybe maybe it's time that the leagues have to give something up. I'm willing to bet that uh, a team like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders has almost twice as much staff as most other teams mm-hmm. in the CFL. And twice as many players when Chris Jones was there. <laughs> and I know the Riders are in a very fortunate situation. So I wonder, and we, we did see mm-hmm. the CFL unveil the Grey Cup fan base, which mm-hmm. I actually think it's a very, it's a cool promo. Um, the CFL has also always said that it's it's on the backs of fans and that it's our league. So they've built a a fancy podium base for the Grey Cup. Um, you can pay if you're a season ticket holder three hundred and fifty bucks. Get your name in there and uh, basically prop the Grey Cup up in the CFL uh, into the future. And there's so much negativity. Do, do we get a discount for having two sets of season tickets? No. i i do have some issues with this more is some of the rules um surrounding it but uh, there's a lot of negativity surrounding this and and i i know i Mm -hmm. it comes from multiple directions if you don't want to pay 350 bucks to get your name on it don't you you don't yeah don't pay and shut up you don't need to hate it um if yeah. you are disappointed in the owners and are disappointed that they're reaching into our pockets to try and prop the league into the future, that's that's fair. <laughs> that's very fair. It's very expensive. There's no mm-hmm. there's no denying that. Um, I in my household, I would love to do it. Um, I, I love that I get an email from the Eskimos and the Riders saying that I can use my credits towards that. Uh, it's money that I've already 
let go into the CFL and basically just saying that mm-hmm. they can keep it, right? I, I like that they've come yeah. up with that option. And what's positive to me is that every team is united on this. Every ticket sales rep with the teams are united on this. And it's almost like they have one system to sell spots on the Grey Cup fan base, which I wonder if we'll be seeing this sort of amalgamation and bringing all nine organizations under one umbrella more going forward. You'd think it would save some well, more that, money. That's, that's what the MLS does. And uh, it's a it's a blanket blanket ownership, right? Yeah, I I don't know if that's what we're going to see going forward. I do think it's it's positive that we have seen that. Um, I don't like that to get because I, I kind of wanted to put my family on there. Yeah, and they won't let. Yeah, and that's not allowed. So if I want my wife and I on there, I have to buy two spots. Yeah. Ooh, and now it's seven hundred bucks. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and th- that love ain't cheap, hey? No, no. So it's 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 a battle <laughs> in this house. Who gets to go in the Greek Cup fan base? And another thing is that uh, well, it depends on which season ticket credit you use. We'll see because <laughs> there's that. Because if I want to be under the Riders banner, my name gets displayed on the plaque at Mosaic Stadium. And then if my mm-hmm. wife wants to go under the Eskimos banner, she gets displayed at Commonwealth Stadium. So we're not together either. <laughs> yeah. And then if you do do it in Regina, then I have something to say about it too. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the other person you're married hey, to. Hey, Ty, you owe me 350 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> All I ever get, all I ever get from you is text messages. Hey, are you going to pay me for this? <laughs> hey, I thought I paid you for that. No, I didn't get it. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I got the receipt. <laughs> so probably paid for my probably paid for both of our Grey Cup tickets and didn't even know it. <laughs> There's the. Gr- That's why you always text me Saturday night at seven because you know where I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, crying into your beer. Because uh, there's the Grey Cup fan base if you want to support the league a little bit. I think it's a cool initiative uh, if you got the money. And if you don't, which a lot of people in this country and all over the world don't right mm-hmm. now, that's that's totally fine. And uh, you don't have to get your name uh on that Grey Cup fan base. It's and this okay. might not be the only, like, I'm sure you know, yeah. this will be available in the future. And I'm I'm wondering what other ideas they're going to be coming up with. You got to assume there's going to be more um, sort of ways to create revenue in the CFL. And I know Randy Ambrosi tried that with CFL 2.0, and COVID nineteen has put that to a halt. It's probably put the Atlantic Schooners to a halt, which is mm-hmm. sad. The stadium is delayed indefinitely i don't know forever at this point what's going to happen there um is revenue sharing a conversation that we're going to be seeing here to kind of spread the wealth 
because it's interesting to me that the three community-owned teams, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Saskatchewan, are Saskatchewan. the most successful franchises as far as money goes in the CFL. Are they going to be spreading the wealth with uh, the rest of the teams in the CFL to try and create a healthier bottom line coast-to-coast? Work works in some of the other leagues. It does, yeah. Like, without without the TV money in the NHL, I don't think we'd have a lot of those southern U.S. teams. So, I know it's not exactly revenue sharing, but, it, I mean, that is money coming in. The, the expansion money that comes in, you know, they, they've made it so that every team's getting a piece. Mm-hmm. And, and I know every team in the CFL is getting a piece of the TV deal and stuff, but, uh, you know... I, I don't know how much revenue sharing would help just based on the amount of money that would be there to spread around. Yeah. But it is an idea that can def- that should definitely be looked at. And bottom line is the CFL has a crazy challenge between now and June mm-hmm. to try and stay relevant, um, to stay in the news. Because because we're just two men. We can only do so much. <laughs> because every other professional sports team has figured out something, or league f- has figured out something to get games in, mm-hmm. and the CFL well, has I don't think they'll ever figure out the winner of the Oilers 50-50 because it keeps the Oilers relevant and they're not even in the playoffs. <laughs> this, thing, this thing could go till Christmas. <laughs> so keep delaying the CFL season because people will keep talking about it that way. Yeah, 24-hour news cycle, baby. <laughs> and like it or not, that's what the Grey Cup fan base did. Yep. So keep coming up with polarizing ideas and people will keep talking about it. <laughs> ne- next week, CFL toying with getting rid of the rouge and the internet might break. See? Every single... Yeah, then the next one. We're going to go to... Uh, Outlawing the forward pass. Yeah, and then we're going to go to four downs. The next week. Oh. Then... <laughs> oh, don't you start. Uh, we're going to get rid of unlimited motion the following week. And just keep... We're going to not have a yard in between players. We're going to uh, narrow the field. See? That, that'll that just keep people talking about the CFL all off season long. Yeah, we're going to change the ball. <laughs> No more, yeah. Oh man, you know what? Not only, you imagine? no. <laughs> I I think not only will the league office look different next year, but every team is going to look uh, mm-hmm. a lot different. They need to find ways to promote the players, uh, make them stars, and maybe. Well, obviously, they need to fix something with the CBA to try and get some longevity uh, with these players, right? The the one-year deals, the movement, but you can't blame the players because they can get cut. Well, pretty much every deal is a one-year deal anyway because they can get cut at any any time. If if you're a player, why would you ever want a signing bonus or a roster bonus? Because you just get cut the day before. You get cut the day before. It's almost like you want that uh, signing bonus to be... A roster bonus two days before free agency opens. <laughs> because, yeah, because if it's a month into but, it, <laughs> but they talk about this in the NHL with the trade deadline and how deals get made get done two weeks before. 
Right. 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 And then deadline day isn't as fun. Yeah. So then, you know, Elliot Friedman says, well, what if we put a moratorium on trades for the last week before the deadline? And Brian Burke's like, well, now you're just making another deadline. Right. So teams are going to do everything before that week before, then can't do anything for that week. And then the trade deadline comes and everybody's already made their moves. Well, if you make it so it's a roster bonus two days before this day, well, now you've just made it so that they cut them three days earlier instead of on the day. Well, and then at least uh, the rest of the teams in the league have not spent all their free agency money. That 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 is fair. So that's that's what I was thinking uh, with yes. that. Uh, it's interesting times. Who knows? That's one way to put it. Because at this point, man, do, do you see the government allowing thirty five thousand people, thirty three thousand people in Mosaic Stadium next June? Do we have a vaccine? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no. Just hypothetically. Then no. God, no. Man. Well. <laughs> I'll be surprised. So we had, a, we had a friend, we had a friend get married on Saturday. So it was just like him and his, and her and her, their parents and brothers and sisters and stuff. Right. Yeah. They were supposed to have the reception in October. That's not going to happen. I would be surprised if we can do it next summer still. Right. That's it's it's like 210 people or whatever it is. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a while. Which to me I'm fine with. I, I don't like people anyway. <laughs> I've gotten used to it. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been pretty sweet. Uh I got to camp on the 31st of July. I have played 174 games of baseball wow. on my PlayStation. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, I, I go for supper and then I come back to my room and that's that. Here we are. We'll we'll try to still go every two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if 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 I'm going to be the only download every two weeks. Maybe we'll stop. But <laughs> well, I'm my mom. Okay, we got two. Yeah, we have four guaranteed downloads a month. <laughs> I hope. We'll take it. <laughs> that that will get us through. Hey. <laughs> I'm I'm just spouting ideas, but maybe we do like an AMA next episode, and people can just DM us questions. Oh man! But like we'll we'll sift through them and not answer stupid ones. <laughs> so then what's Joe, the point? Joe, don't bother sending anything in. I love this an AMA where we still screen we, the questions. Yeah, we pick and choose, <laughs> absolutely, because Joe Balineski's on Twitter. We know better. <laughs> This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities in Alberta. You get to choose who to buy your energy from. Park Power is low overhead, and chances are you'll save cash if you switch. You can find out how much money you would save by visiting parkpower.ca and plugging your numbers into the Alberta Energy Savings Calculator. If you decide to switch, it's easy. Nothing changes about your service, only the price you pay. Learn more at parkpower.ca. We are, of course, a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. In two weeks, we'll be back. What are we going to talk about in two weeks? Ty, I don't know. <laughs> we, we can recap my 2021 Blue Jays season. Okay. You, will you be done an entire season of baseball by then? No, two weeks, 14 days. Uh, I'll probably be done 
50 to 60 games. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get a standings update and see if you're still in the race. Oh, I'm, I'm dominant. <laughs> what happens when you play on easy? <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Stay safe out there. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.